November 14th, and this is the day that the Lord has made. We have the opportunity to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, feed on His Word, and receive spiritual nourishment. This is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. My name is David McAdam, and I am happy to serve as your host as we read further in the Old Testament book of Ezekiel and the New Testament book of Hebrews. Trust is a big issue these days. That is because there is a truth crisis. You cannot put your trust in proven falsities. The prophets reprimanded the people of God for putting their trust in worldly wisdom and power to save them rather than the trustworthy word of God. Ezekiel, in the chapters we will read today, continues to prophesy judgment to the nations filled with pride. We are in chapter 29 as Ezekiel turns to Egypt. God holds individuals and nations accountable. As we read through today's portion, we will come across another promise of the Messiah, who will be the ultimate deliverer for the house of Israel and king of the nations. Let's begin with Ezekiel chapter 29, and we will read through to the end of chapter 30. Ezekiel chapter 29, Prophecy Against Egypt In the tenth year, in the tenth month, on the twelfth day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, set your face against Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and prophesy against him and against all Egypt. Speak and say, Thus says the Lord God. Behold, I am against you, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, the great dragon that lies in the midst of his streams, that says, My Nile is my own, I made it for myself. I will put hooks in your jaws, and make the fish of your streams stick to your scales. And I will draw you up out of the midst of your streams, and all the fish of your streams that stick to your scales. And I will cast you out into the wilderness, you and all the fish of your streams, you shall fall on the open field and not be brought together or gathered. To the beasts of the earth and to the birds of the heavens I give you as food. Then all the inhabitants of Egypt shall know that I am the Lord. Because you have been a staff of reed to the house of Israel, when they grasped you with the hand, you broke and tore all their shoulders, and when they leaned on you, you broke and made all their loins to shake. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will bring a sword upon you, and will cut off from you man and beast, and the land of Egypt shall be a desolation and a waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because you said, The Nile is mine, and I made it. Therefore, behold, I am against you and against your streams, and I will make the land of Egypt an utter waste and desolation, from Migdol to Syene, as far as the border of Cush. No foot of man shall pass through it, and no foot of beast shall pass through it. It shall be uninhabited forty years. And I will make the land of Egypt a desolation in the midst of desolated countries, and her cities shall be a desolation forty years among cities that are laid waste. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and disperse them through the countries. For thus says the Lord God, at the end of forty years I will gather the Egyptians from the peoples among whom they were scattered, and I will restore the fortunes of Egypt and bring them back to the land of Pathros, the land of their origin, and there shall be a lowly kingdom. It shall be the most lowly of the kingdoms, and never again exalt itself above the nations, and I will make them so small that they will never again rule over the nations." And it shall never again be the reliance of the house of Israel. 
recalling their iniquity when they turn to them for aid. Then they will know that I am the Lord God. In the twenty-seventh year, in the first month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, made his army labor hard against Tyre. Every head was made bald, and every shoulder was rubbed bare, yet neither he nor his army got anything from Tyre to pay for the labor that he had performed against her. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will give the land of Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, and he shall carry off its wealth and despoil it and plunder it, and it shall be the wages for his army. I have given him the land of Egypt as his payment for which he labored, because they worked for me, declares the Lord God. On that day I will cause a horn to spring up for the house of Israel, and I will open your lips among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Chapter 30 A Lament for Egypt The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, prophesy, and say, Thus says the Lord God, Wail, alas, for the day, for the day is near, the day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. A sword shall come upon Egypt, and anguish shall be in Cush, when the slain fall in Egypt, and her wealth is carried away, and her foundations are torn down. Cush, and Put, and Lud, and all Arabia and Libya, and the people of the land that is in league, shall fall with them by the sword. Thus says the Lord, Those who support Egypt shall fall, and her proud might shall come down. From Migdal to Syene, they shall fall within her by the sword, declares the Lord God, and they shall be desolated in the midst of desolated countries, and their cities shall be in the midst of cities that are laid waste. Then they will know that I am the Lord, when I have set fire to Egypt, and all her helpers are broken. On that day messengers shall go out from me in ships to terrify the unsuspecting people of Cush, and anguish shall come upon them on the day of Egypt's doom, for behold, it comes. Thus says the Lord God, I will put an end to the wealth of Egypt by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. He and his people with him, the most ruthless of nations, shall be brought in to destroy the land, and they shall draw their swords against Egypt and fill the land with the slain. And I will dry up the Nile, and will sell the land into the hand of evildoers. I will bring desolation upon the land and everything in it by the hand of foreigners. I am the Lord, I have spoken. Thus says the Lord God, I will destroy the idols and put an end to the images in Memphis. There shall no longer be a prince from the land of Egypt, so I will put fear in the land of Egypt. I will make Pathros a desolation, and will set fire to Zoan, and will execute judgments on Thebes, and I will pour out my wrath on Pelusium, the stronghold of Egypt, and cut off the multitude of Thebes. And I will set fire to Egypt. Pelusium shall be in great agony. Thebes shall be breached, and Memphis shall face enemies by day. The young men of On and of Pi-Beseth shall fall by the sword, and the women shall go into captivity. At Tehophnehes the day shall be dark, when I break there the yoke bars of Egypt, and her proud might shall come to an end in her. She shall be covered by a cloud, 
and her daughters shall go into captivity. Thus I will execute judgments on Egypt. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Egypt shall fall to Babylon. In the eleventh year, in the first month, on the seventh day of the month, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and behold, it has not been bound up, to heal it by binding it with a bandage, so that it may become strong to wield the sword. Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against Pharaoh king of Egypt, and will break his arms, both the strong arm and the one that was broken, and I will make the sword fall from his hand. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and disperse them through the countries. And I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, and put my sword in his hand. But I will break the arms of Pharaoh, and he will groan before him like a man mortally wounded. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon, but the arms of Pharaoh shall fall. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. When I put my sword into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he stretches it out against the land of Egypt, and I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, and disperse them throughout the countries, then they will know that I am the Lord. And this concludes today's reading from the Old Testament from the book of Ezekiel. Now let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. In chapters 29 through 32 of the book of Ezekiel, there are seven prophecies dealing with the judgment upon Egypt. It is estimated that the first prophecy was given in 587 B.C. You will remember that Hezekiah, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah all turned to Egypt for help despite God's many warnings from the prophets. Remember Isaiah's prophecy in Isaiah chapter 30 verses 1 and 2? Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, and make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me, to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh, and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. When Ezekiel communicates the word of the Lord to Egypt's Pharaoh, saying, I am against you, in Ezekiel 29, verse 3, it makes you appreciate God's grace extended towards us who are in Christ Jesus. Because of our faith union with Christ, we can rest knowing that God is for us. And if God is for us, who is against us? Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Recognizing the reality that God will once again judge the nations in the future magnifies the grace of God that has been delivered to us in the gospel. We are rescued from the death we deserve. He has made us a holy nation in Christ, beneficiaries of the new covenant. What an undeserved privilege! To those who turn their back on the Creator and God's plan of salvation, there is nothing to look forward to but judgment. This is made plain in the judgment that God brought to the Pharaoh of Egypt, who pompously imagined himself to be the God who created the river Nile and is in charge of it. In chapter 29, verse 3. Israel has continually been caught between countries striving for world domination. In chapter 29, Egypt's sins are exposed in verses 1 through 6a and judged in 6b through 16. Ezekiel lets Egypt know that it will suffer the same fate as Tyre in chapter 29 verses 17 through 21 and be given over to Nebuchadnezzar. 
Babylon's armies would be God's servants in bringing judgment upon Egypt. There is a messianic promise in verse 21. On that day I will make a horn sprout for the house of Israel, and I will open your mouth in their midst, then they will know that I am the Lord. The horn speaks of a strong leader, and the sprouting of the horn reflects the supernatural appearance, the resurrection life of the righteous branch. Christ is the branch, the root and offspring of Jesse, in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 5, the beautiful and glorious branch, in Isaiah chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, the righteous branch, the Lord our righteousness, in Jeremiah chapter 23, verses 5 and 6, and the servant branch, in Zechariah chapter 3, verses 8 through 10, who will come as a servant of both God and mankind. The messianic theme in the scriptures is that the Lord's enemies must first be dealt with, and then he shall reign forever. In chapter 30, we read of Egypt's allies being destroyed, Cush and Put, Lud and all Arabia, Libya and the people of the covenant land, possibly referring to the people of the covenant who fled to Egypt in the wake of Nebuchadnezzar's invasion. They all are pictured as falling by the sword. Thus says the Lord God, I will also make the hordes of Egypt cease by the hand of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. Ezekiel chapter 30 verse 10. Nebuchadnezzar would dry the streams of the Nile by destroying the canal system for irrigation in chapter 30 verse 12. He also would destroy the idols of Egypt. The gods of Egypt at one point numbered more than 1,200 according to E. A. W. Bulge, the author of The Gods of the Egyptians. Ezekiel prophesies that the arms of Pharaoh will be broken and the arms of Nebuchadnezzar strengthened in chapter 30, verses 20 through 22. Pharaoh Hophra came to Jerusalem's assistance when Nebuchadnezzar attacked in 588 B.C., but his armies were defeated and returned to Egypt. Hophra's powerful arms were broken further when he was defeated by his Egyptian rival, Amoz, in a civil war, making it easy for Nebuchadnezzar to conquer Egypt. In fulfillment of this prophecy, Egypt was never again a prominent world power. The Egyptians, like the Hebrews, would be dispersed as exiles among the nations, in chapter 30, verses 23 and 26. Dr. Lamar Cooper, author of the New American Commentary on Ezekiel, writes, quote, Egypt's devastation and its loss of standing in the family of nations is a constant testimony to the truth of God's word. End quote. This was prophesied in Ezekiel chapter 30, verses 1 through 19. Now let's go to today's reading from the New Testament, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verses 32 through chapter 12, verse 13. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by resurrection. Some were tortured refusing to accept release, so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging 
and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains, and in dens and caves of the earth. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Chapter 12 Jesus, Founder and Perfecter of Our Faith Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by Him. For the Lord disciplines the one He loves, and chastises every son whom He receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom the Father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them, but He disciplines us for our good, that we may share His holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. This is the end of our New Testament reading, and now we'll take a few moments to think about what we have just read. And what more shall I say? The writer is making a point that the list of those who have heard the word, believed, and obeyed goes on. The people listed in this chapter experienced God because they trusted His promise and moved forward in His plan. These were men and women with feet of clay who trusted a God who was able to use them to advance His purposes. They paid a price for their obedience to the call, some being tortured, imprisoned, and killed. But they died in faith that they might obtain a better resurrection. In chapter 11, verse 35, faith sees the eternal reward, and therefore these heroes demonstrated a walk with God that reproved the world of its lost condition. They proved that they served a better king and sought a better country. Truly, the world was not worthy of them. What is the purpose of reviewing the stories of these people who pressed on in obedience to God? Chapter 12 tells us that this great collection of witnesses inspires us to run with perseverance the race that is set before us. We are to fix our eyes upon Jesus, 
Who else is there to look to? He is the substance. You cannot embrace a shadow. For the joy that was set before him, bringing glory to the Father and bringing many sons into glory, he endured the cross. These Hebrew Christians, therefore, could endure the persecution and not turn away from identifying with Jesus. Such inspiration should encourage us to endure hardship in chapter 12, verse 7. We can be assured that whatever discipline God brings our way in chapter 12, verse 10, He will use it to conform us to Christ's image and further His purposes. Now let's go to our reading from the book of Psalms, Psalm 112, verses 1 through 10. The righteous will never be moved. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light dawns in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, merciful, and righteous. It is well with the man who deals generously and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. For the righteous will never be moved. He will be remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is firm, trusting in the Lord. His heart is steady. He will not be afraid until he looks in triumph on his adversaries. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn is exalted in honor. The wicked man sees it and is angry. He gnashes his teeth and melts away. The desire of the wicked will perish. Let's meditate further on this psalm. Here are some promises to those who delight in the Lord and His word. He finds that his children are blessed and his household provided for. He is conformed to the image of righteousness. In the Lord's light he shall see light. He becomes generous and finds that people are generous with him. He will make good decisions and pursue justice. He will be resilient and persevere in times of emergencies. He will not fear evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is upheld, he will not fear, until he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. Psalm 112, verses 7 and 8. He will be in a position to bless the poor, and his honorable testimony, that is his horn, will be lifted up. His righteousness will provoke jealousy and resentment, as the righteousness of Abel provoked Cain. Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Now let's go for our final stop in our Bible reading tour today to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. There is an obvious benefit when like-minded believers fellowship together. We are sharpened by the mutual counsel, encouragement, and accountability fellowship provides. Let's pray together in the light of God's Word. Dear Lord, You are gracious, compassionate, and righteous. We thank You for the perfect rescue that secured the gift of eternal life and forgiveness of sins for those who believe. Through the gracious work of Your Son, our sin-bearing substitute and Savior, we have been delivered from fear, guilt, aloneness, emptiness, and from Your wrathful judgment upon sin. Your mercy has triumphed over judgment and you have made us a holy nation. 
you have given us the gift of your presence through the Holy Spirit. Because you are with us, we have nothing to fear. May we continue to delight in your word and in your ways as we seek to magnify your name. We ask this in the name of the one who purchased us by his blood. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Friends, we know where our help comes from. We don't want to lean on our own understanding. We don't want to lean on the arm of the flesh. We don't want to go down to Egypt for counsel. We want to abide in Christ Jesus, our promised land, and receive from Him all that we need. Friends, we're going to continue our journey tomorrow. If you have any questions or comments, you can always write us at podcast at newlife.org. And if you would like a written copy of our commentary on each day's reading, you can subscribe to a daily email by going to our website, newlife.org. As you go out into the rest of your day, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, renewing our minds and alerting us to opportunities to know Him more and to make Him known. Shalom.